Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line. Period. With taxes and regulatory fees included every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Metro by T-Mobile. Empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. 5G access requires capable device. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. Hey guys, Perry here to let you know that this episode of Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans where you can binge the highly touted original series, Titans, or jump into the all-new Swamp Thing with new episodes dropping weekly, and also check out the thousands of comics just added, catch up on your favorite series, including Krypton Season 1, and watch animated movies like Reign of the Superman. Join at DCUniverse.com. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Welcome back to Movie Talk. Today we're discussing the San Diego Comic-Con 2019 updates from Warner Brothers. On top of that, we also have some quotes from Ron Howard regarding how Solo, a Star Wars story, did at the box office. And specifically, his thoughts on online trolling and how that might have affected how the movie did. I am a very lucky lady today because I get to sit at this desk with two wonderful guys <laughs> who uh, have varying opinions on uh, <laughs> Comic-Cons, and that's totally fine because we have John Roca who soaks it all up, I and do. Jeff Snyder on the table who knows everything that goes on behind the scenes. You want your industry knowledge, you turn to that guy right there. Hi. Hi, Hi yeah. everybody. Good to be back. <laughs> Always happy to have you. All right. Story number one, it's a big one. It was breaking and evolving all morning this morning because it first started with IT Chapter 2 director Andy Muschietti taking to Instagram to reveal that that movie was going to have a very special event on Wednesday night at San Diego Comic-Con, which is now basically Scare Diego, New Lines horror event. We don't know specifically what's going to happen, but one might assume some of the cast is going to be there. Maybe they'll show some footage. But the thing is, 
When that information started breaking, then there was speculation that, oh, that was all that Warner Brothers was doing. We were asking each other what we thought all morning. And then officially we kind of got the word from Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins, who then took to Twitter and wrote, by now you've heard WB isn't going to Hall H this year. We're so sad to miss you there and waiting until December to start our official Wonder Woman 84 campaign in full. But the truth is we can just barely wait. So, first off, let's start with them not being in Hall H at all mm. this year. And I guess the obvious question, number one right now, is why? What would lead them to make this decision? Especially when last year in particular, it mm. feels like Warner Brothers and DC movies kind of dominated the talk at Comic-Con from our perspectives, at mm. least. I, th- I think it's connected to a lot of things that are happening now as the uh, entertainment world uh, landscape is shifting, right? This idea of streaming services, this idea of owning your content, producing your own content, and then putting it out. You look at what DC, you look at what Disney does with their celebration and all that, like they're in control from beginning to end of the thing. With Warner Brothers here, I think they, I think a lot of, I think studios are starting to realize that they don't need Comic-Con as much as they used to in the past. There are other smaller Comic-Cons they could do. There's New York Comic-Con. There's other things that they can do, and I think they're starting to realize that they don't have to and they want to control the message. They control how they put it out. And don't be surprised if Warner Brothers starts and launches their own version of Disney Celebration. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And it's an extension of the streaming service, wanting to own control from beginning to end everything that comes out so there's no kind of like a third party coming in and messing up the message. That's what I think. Plus, the attendance is slightly going down every year for Comic-Con. Yes, you can barely get a hotel room. There's people going, but I think it's starting to feel not as overwhelming as it used to. I think I would agree with you a little more if Warner Brothers announced plans to have their own convention because to me, it seems like the smarter move for them to continue to dig their claws in and dominate the conversation there, especially because we still don't know the specifics of Marvel's plan and also maybe even Star Wars. But the thing is, Disney has D23 and they also have Star Wars celebrations. Mm-hmm. So if that's the way the landscape is changing going forward. Wouldn't it behoove Warner Brothers to use this structure that's already there and paid for and not their responsibility with a built-in audience to put all of these movies, especially right now when after Aquaman, after Shazam, they're having this resurgence all mm-hmm. over again. They have so many hot properties coming up it just feels like such a missed opportunity to me and also maybe i'm a little sensitive because i was looking forward to seeing Mm. them there but it does truly feel like a missed marketing opportunity not to take some of the spotlight but who is going to go to comic-con that wasn't going to go see their movies anyway that's the thing at the end of the day it's like it's a waste of money at times and it's a waste of time it's just for the fans and the fans with the trolling we're going to get to the second story maybe studios are realizing well why should we do all this extra effort if you're just going to leak our trailers talk crap about stuff you know a but negative trolling into the sphere about our work. Why bother? We're just going to put it out when it comes out, and why take the risk? Isn't, you, isn't, you just touched on something that Will McLean brought up in mm. the chat, too. Is WB skipping Comic-Con as a response and frustration to their footage always yeah. getting leaked? So it's an important thing to bring up are as well. They skip, yeah. are, we, are we considering this a skipping Comic-Con just because they're not in Hall H? They're just in a different room or wherever the heck Scare Diego takes place. It's outside. I don't know. Well, Warner, Warner Brothers and New Line is technically there. They're just not there with their DC films. And right. actually, if you want to also think about the rest of their franchises, who knows what's happening with Fantastic Beasts, but that had a big presence right. at Comic-Con last year. Back, and on yeah. top of that, the like Godzilla King of the Monsters just came out, mm-hmm. but we have another Godzilla versus Kong movie coming out too, and that would have had a place in Hall H. 
Yeah, but I don't know. But like to say Warner Brothers is skipping San Diego entirely isn't true. I just think that the movies that they had ready, uh, you know, Doctor Sleep, um, it too, are just you know they're they're better uh, suited for the the audience that will be at Scare Diego. No, that's the thing is I also wonder what they're going to use Scare Diego for this mm. year because last year I believe it was a teeny tiny behind the scenes thing for It Chapter Two, and then it was the announcement of Annabelle comes home, and then also the Curse of Life. Yorona. So I do wonder with such a juggernaut like It Chapter 2, is Scare Diego just going to be that this year? Mm. No, I think they're definitely going to have Doctor Sleep presence. That's what I would assume. Even though it's um, not a New Line movie? Yeah, no, I don't think that that necessarily matters. Uh, I think we're going to get the trailer sooner rather than later on that. So Yeah, I have very high hopes for that trailer. I want to see it very soon. Roka, do you care at all about San Diego? Yeah. I, about uh, Scare Diego? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm starting to slowly understand that this is something that's really a big deal, and going to it would be fun to explore. I like being scared out of my mind. I like going to horror films and getting scared. Uh, but overall, I don't see myself running to go see Scare Diego yet. And I'm not even going to be at Comic-Con this year for the first time ever. I've got a wedding. And that, for me, is the first time ever. Like, normally I would have pushed back and been like, no, honey, I can't go. You go to the wedding in Portland. I'm going to stay here. But I don't feel an inclination to go. I found myself last year. John's growing up, folks. No, John's becoming an adult. I've done it for 12 years in a row now. And I kind of last year, I felt myself coming back to the hotel room more often than not. And he needed a nap. I do that to rest. Whereas I was doing that to just watch the trailers in peace and calm in the hotel room rather than in the mania of a room. Perry, so, is, is Scary Diego, is it just a branding thing? Like, where where is Scary Diego held? Is it inside of the convention center or no? Scare Diego last year, no, not in the convention center. I forget specifically what the theater was called that it was held at, but it was a mm. very, very small venue. It was a teeny, okay, tiny Okay, so it theater. can't accommodate that many people, no, you're saying? Unless they move it to a different venue mm, this I year, I, I think we're talking about, I'm terrible at estimating numbers but maybe okay. i would guess like 100 people, I've, I've, 100 people. <laughs> I've, listen, you're the box office queen you estimate numbers i've, I've never been when i like eyeball like physical oh, beings oh, in a yeah, room yeah, yeah. two different estimates right like there like seven thousand people <laughs> yeah I, I i just think we've seen this more and more each year where there's always one or two studios that that hold out that don't go to comic-con and i think frankly it's going to be more commonplace yeah marvel didn't do it hbo didn't do it during game of thrones to promote the final season they didn't do it so like i think more studios are just realizing and, it's not worth the hassle and they brought wonder woman last year they showed that footage of yeah. comic-con last year yeah, and so. people criticized it off right off the bat they were tearing it apart online saying right. it looked cheesy saying it looked terrible saying it didn't look good yes there were some people who liked it but there was a lot of people who didn't so why take the chance it just doesn't make sense to me all right well just to clarify here brian gallagher is asking is warner brothers in dc skipping as a whole or just the movies you were emphasizing that before jeff they're not going to be in hall h that's specifically right. what we're covering right. because they are going to have scare diego and apparently they're also going to have a bigger presence on the convention center floor which i plan on staying far away from not because i'm not <laughs> interested i want to see whatever they bring this year but just yeah. because it's so congested and there let's see if we can squeeze in one Holly more H question just lost here its luster. it does maybe a little bit actually actually let's take this question from uh from steve here 
Could Warner Brothers at least release some exclusive images from Joker, Birds of Prey, Godzilla vs. Kong, Kong, and Dune around San Diego Comic-Con? Well, they already released an exclusive image today, right? Uh, Gal Gadot did right that image right us. there. Yeah, so they already released an image. And look how it, it captivated the online audience. They could do so, that at, at, on any day, really. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if there is a way to kind of strategically plan it in a way that would almost like steal away some of something else's thunder. Mm. I don't know. We're going to wait and see. And you can bet we are going to be covering all the Comic-Con planning leading up to the event in July. And then we will also bring you all the coverage straight from San Diego Comic-Con 2019. Before we move into story number two, Ron Howard's thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars Stories box office numbers. We have some stuff to promote. There's actually a really cool episode of Comic Book Shopping that I urge you to check out. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and you already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. (sighs) Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey everyone, Perry here again to remind you that this episode of Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like the highly touted Titans or catch up on favorites like Krypton Season 1. And starting May 31st, you can jump into new episodes of Swamp Thing dropping weekly. That show follows Abby Arcane as she investigates what seems to be a deadly swamp-borne virus in a small town in Louisiana and soon discovers that the swamp holds mystical and terrifying secrets. You can also get your comic book fix with thousands of new comic titles just added to an already impressive comic book library. That includes more recent titles and complete storylines like Superman Secret Origin, Batman 2011, and Harley Quinn 2013. Also available on the platform are tons of the classic DC movies we love, like Batman and the original Superman movie. And if animated films are more your speed, sign up right now because you can get Reign of the Superman and also Justice League vs. The Fatal Five. DC Universe is available on all your favorite devices so if you were thinking about it before now's the time join and get a year's worth of dc content at dcuniverse.com it's that little chico pit boom mr 305 but it said mr worldwide you already know what it is listen to my new podcast from negative to positive subscribe today now part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives change the things that are within their power I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babu, you know that 
You could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, a negative to positive, we always talking about striving and achievement and and the Colonel Sanders story is is a story that inspired me since I was ten years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. In addition to comic book shopping, we also have another interview on the channel with uh, that guy right there, John Roca, talking some uh, sports stuff. Yeah, on the Collider Sports Channel, I had the WBC welterweight champion, Sean Porter, and former four-time featherweight champion, Admiral Mars, stopping by. They're from Inside PBC on Fox, talking all things that are going on in the world of boxing, including that Andy Rees Jr. upset of, da- of Anthony Joshua. So watch that interview. A great half an hour. I don't know what any of that means. Yeah, but it's, trust okay. me, it's Me neither. great stuff. <laughs> all right, it's story number two today. Let's get into it. <laughs> Ron Howard is bu- he's busy right now promoting a documentary and he popped on to the Happy Sad Confused podcast and while he was there he kind of veered off and talked a little bit about Solo a Star Wars story and said this specific quote about how it did at the box office. He said, "I wish it would have lived up to the box office expectations and so forth, so that's disappointing." Why? Maybe it's the release date. Maybe it's the idea that it's sort of too nostalgic. Pushback from the previous movie, which I kept hearing was something, and some trolling. Definitely some trolling. It was especially noticeable prior to the release of the movie in several of the algorithms, whether it's Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes. There was an inordinate pushdown on the want-to-see and on the fan voting. So... This is where he stands on this right now, or at least this is the opinion he's expressing. It is a year later, and there have been some changes out there. So do you guys think we're in a different position as far as how these types of incidents are affecting movies when they hit the box office? Do you? Uh, No, not particularly. I I think that the real problem here is that Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, places like that need to change their their algorithm because right now critics have very limited choice that a movie's either rotten or fresh and there's no there's nothing sort of in between. And and we've seen that today with like the X-Men reviews. Um, Like I think Dark Phoenix is the lowest rated X-Men on Rotten Tomatoes, even though I don't know how anyone think it's the worst X-Men movie because it's not. Um, I, I just don't see like how these scores affect box office, like because anyone who's voting for these scores theoretically has already seen, like in theory, they've already seen the movie, so the studio's already well, gotten their money. So it's like, are, how many fans, how many people out there were going to see a Star Wars movie, or going to see Solo, and then they see this these scores that that reflect negativity, and they're like, well, now I'm not going to go anymore. Well, I think you hit on two things there. So a recent change over at Rotten Tomatoes is the verified ticket element, right. where someone can't put up their review or vote on something unless they have a verified purchase there. But also, 
it's a matter of like stepping outside our little bubble or even like movie diehards that really make that a priority with mm-hmm. their hard-earned money to see as many as they possibly can. Rotten Tomatoes has grown exponentially over the years. It's a utility tool. Yeah. I understand mm-hmm. why if someone says, you know, I've got X amount of dollars to spend on my movies these couple of months, I will turn to this aggregate and I will see what they recommend. And, you know, in Dark Phoenix's case, it is unfortunate, but... The other thing it's what's worth probably clarifying is on Rotten Tomatoes, what you're able to do is you can break down your score to whatever you want, whether you use a letter system or a number system, like I could do a 6.5 out of 10 if I feel like it for whatever movie, and then you select fresh or rotten. So it's like if, let's say, a 5 out of 5 is fresh for someone, they could put fresh or they could put rotten if that's a rotten score on their scale. Mm. So there there are a little bit of like gray areas here and there, but I think it's a system that just needs to continue to chip away at that evolution until we kind of figure out how to write the conversation again. Yeah, I get that. And, but I also think this idea of trolling becomes a cop-out for directors yes. now. And yes. I, it's, it's starting to bother me, and for studios too. And I'm just like, oh, it's a trolling, that's why they did it. No, the movie didn't appeal to a lot of Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans could have trolled the hell out of Solo, but it was a damn good movie, people would have gone. Look, Ron Howard is, an, is a fantastic filmmaker, a great filmmaker, but the last time he whooped up audiences in a movie, you could you could barely remember so uh, him taking That's over true. solo lord and miller if lord and miller had been allowed to finish this movie then we would have seen one way or another how this would have turned out positive or negative that's the way it is ron howard stepped in made some corrections made some casting decisions and in the end gave us an okay movie okay it was an okay movie so this is on the heels of last jedi it got swamped by that it wasn't about the trolling. It was the fans didn't like the movie itself and told people they didn't like the movie itself, and then people didn't go. And the ones who did, it was like a 50-50 whether they liked it or not. So that's what you get. That's why the box office was low. I don't have nothing to do with trolling. It was all this backstage drama, and then what eventually you got a meh of a film this is why it didn't do when's well. The, when's the, what's like the last spinoff that really did well? I mean, for, maybe outside of I mean, Logan. Logan did well. Which one? Rogue One. Rogue One was incredible and did a lot of money. What, was it incredible? Hey, damn right I, it was. I, I really it was, it was successful. One. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And damn good. I thought it was great, too. Yeah. Um, trolling is a real thing, but like yeah, anything but that extent. hits the theaters when we talk about box office, it's, it's a multitude of factors right. that come into effect. I do think that as far as online trolling goes, last year was just an especially bad year where we saw so many different movies targeted for so many different reasons. And it was also the first time I remember specifically the Rotten Tomatoes, like audience score and those types of metrics being purposely manipulated by people who hadn't seen the movie and that they're working to correct. But Captain Marvel overcame that and people were trolling the crap out of Captain This is still such a small number of people though, guys. It's not that much When we think about Twitter, oh, everyone on Twitter's coming at me and and blah, blah, blah. Twitter represents like Mm -hmm. 5% of the population. You could have 100,000 people saying some, something negative about your movie. 100,000 people equals a million dollars at the box office. That's nothing. Yeah. The other layer of this problem, we're not just saying like, oh, this this small community, like shame on you for trolling and trying to spread bad, mm. bad vibes. The problem in this particular instance, though, is that by manipulating a tool like Rotten Tomatoes that could affect wide moviegoers out there, that's when that that loud, uh, the, the vocal mm. minority could then affect overall sales. But... One important thing that Planet uh, Planeta Sophia brings up is, is the constant talking and reporting about the trolls the real cause of the poor yes. performance of some movies? I do think that's part of it, but 
I'm also of the mind that if we just sit back, relax, and let it happen, it's like I want to take any opportunity I get to not just say like, you know, not talk to someone who is super negative the same way that they're talking about a movie or another person, but to, I don't know, spin it in a positive way, set a good example, something like that. I don't want to completely no, ignore I, it. I, I think you need to ignore it. There's only two, like, it, it's no different than a schoolyard bully. There's two ways to deal with them. One, you hit him in the mouth, right? Which you can't do here no. online. The other one is to ignore him. I don't understand Actually, how many the editors other, there you are. You could stand up to them. You could stand, stand up, up to them by, them by, by, by saying, don't, don't troll, don't do that. Like, yeah, there is a there I, I, is a giving point. credence to it. You're I, feeding into it. Yeah, I get your point, Perry. You do want to stand up to them, but in the end, you're not really going to change them. No. How many you know people talk about that Sarah Silverman exchange she had with that person who was politically against her? And it took 32 comments in a thread for him to finally go, "Oh yeah, I see your point of view." Just, who has time to waste on every single troll? 32 comment thread. So it doesn't make sense. You can make your comment, make your stand, but. To actually enact change rather than just feeling good that you stood up, that's the difference there. And I don't think, you know, making a comment is going to change. You're giving them more publicity. I've run into so many of those situations where, you know, someone says something that, you know, I have no problem when someone says something negative about a movie Mm. I love. It's when it's malicious. And I've reached out to people on Twitter and I say, like, you know, like, I wouldn't express it that way because this and this. And And then they rethink it and then maybe they spread that mentality to somebody else. That's what it's for. That's what Twitter for reach out on Twitter, have that conversation. It's not for websites to do. I don't know why so many websites, Collider included, give credence to these things. When I was running the tracking board, if someone had pitched, you know, uh, fans f- trolling whatever, I, I ignored that. Mm. That's not a story. It's not news. It shouldn't be on websites, and I don't know why anybody uh, picks it up. Well, it's subjective to argue. I think it is news depending on the situation. Like the Captain Marvel situation, I think it was news because in the end, it did cause change for Rotten Tomatoes. Like they decided to change their aggregator, all that kind of stuff, and put this in place because the Captain Marvel situation was the final straw. That was news that trolls caused this to change. Now, reporting on trolls exclusively as just in a vacuum, no, maybe not news. But if the if the uh, reaction to the trolls causes some change that is the news item to talk about. And I'm, yeah. I'm with yeah. you on that. that, but that's when it becomes newsworthy, right. when change is affected, not beforehand. Can I yeah. throw something in before we stop? Uh, I know I know, we got uh, a little bit of time, but like, there's something else Ron says in, I'm sorry, Ron Howard says in the article, he says, I don't know if a film like Beautiful Mind, which is one of his best films ever made, uh, would get made nowadays, and I find this to be very interesting, because this is starting to become the drumbeat of these older filmmakers, uh, that films that are like uh, adult dramas are not going to get made by studios anymore to the level and the frequency and the volume that they did in years past because people uh, studios are more focusing on tentpole pictures superhero pictures franchise pictures that kind of jazz and i found that to be very a very interesting comment it's a it's a whole nother discussion frankly because it's not about trolling that's not what he mentions that in the article and i thought that was interesting too yeah i mean it it is i I don't think we have time to to get into it though yeah that's the whole i mean that goes right back into the theatrical versus streaming conversation In the landscape, how it's changing, and where we're going to wind up with releases and creative opportunities. I'm sure we're going to get to that another day, though. <laughs> right now, though, we wanted to save some time for your live chat questions. And I've got one here from Luis E. de la Pena, who's asking, didn't the Ad Astra trailer have a gravity or interstellar vibe? Oh, my God. Stop comparing. It's a space movie. Uh, there's, there's, 
And I don't think it has an interstellar vibe. I get the father-son aspect of it all, what you're trying to get across. But his father is still alive, and he's not jumping dimensions to go find his father. It's something I think, I think it's more interesting about whether it's destruction of the universe as we know it. That's more the exploration. Gravity, I don't know. I, I get the comparisons because it's mother-daughter or father-daughter, and this is father-son, but I don't think it really... Or it's just I got, I got stuff that vibe. in space. Yeah, stuff in space. <laughs> I, I was surprised by the scope of it. It was bigger than I thought mm-hmm. that it would be. Um, it looks like it's sort of on the level of those kinds of movies, maybe not uh, pushing the, the technological envelope like Gravity did. Um, but yeah, I was surprised at how much it reminded me of Interstellar, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that one pans out because it feels like that was a very full trailer story-wise, yeah. which makes me think, given the people involved, that there's going to be something that catches me off guard in the actual full feature I'm curious to know what that winds up being. We also have a question, another question from uh, Planeta Sophia, who asks, what other type of sport event should get a movie like Britney Runs a Marathon? And I love the trailer. Has a lot of heart. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, well, I'm biased. I would say the Liverpool run to the uh, Champions League uh, victory that they had, becoming the, the champions of Europe uh, last week. I would love to see them profile that team or do a movie about that team and how they overcame the odds and fought through so many things to get there to win the first title for that manager who'd been in five cup finals before never won and finally won it i would that's i'm biased though because i'm a massive liverpool fan there's uh, one sport that has not been uh, brought to the big screen, and that is mini golf. I knew you were oh, going to go with something Christ. like that. I just knew they need Christ. to do something with mini golf. Do you putt-putt? Yeah. Do you mini golf? Yeah. I will challenge you on Movie Talk for oh, a please. game I will challenge of both mini- of you. Don't even. I, I, I will fine. gladly go Just play a a mini golf with you, John, when you watch the inside. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, fine. As long as we can bring our own putters. I don't want to use those, like, crappy that's, plastic that's ones. So, that's so perfect. No, you have to use the crappy putter. No. You have to use the crappy that's putter. The that's part of, of the skill. Yeah. No, it's not. Yes. The part of the skill is being able to really putter hit that's the ball. Like you, that's like bowling with Cody, and Cody has to bring his own ball. Come on, Cody. Bowl with what's there. I think I'm, I'll go your route, Jeff. I want an, I want a ski ball movie, but like one that's one that's like done hangover style. Because you know my buddy Matt Donato, he plays in a league in Brooklyn. There's and a ski ball league. They, they I'm like hardcore play, and they have beer, and they drink, and like, can you imagine the crazy stuff that comes out of like a sport? It it sounds like a, like a, a ski ball version of dodgeball in my mind. Mm. I like that idea. I think okay. it's genius. All, All right. right. We'll keep you updated if that ever happens, and also what the results of our mini golf competition is going to be. We should Dor- let's write that movie. Right put some on it. Dorian, film this thing. You come with us that night. We'll do He's it at Sherman Oaks. Shaking his head. We'll do it at Sherman <laughs> Oaks. Not into it. All right, we're gonna make it happen, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Collider Movie Talk. Roca, Jeff. Thank you as always, Adam in the booth. Thanks for your hard work, Dorian in the live chat. Always working hard there. Guys, do not forget, like and share this episode of Collider Movie Talk. Tell everybody you know about the show on the YouTube channel and in podcast form as well. And we will be back 3 p.m. PT live tomorrow for a brand new episode.